I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked out of the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, eating that spicy chicken sandwich all the day. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Is it spicy? You can the get it spicy. One? You can get it spicy. Oh. So I've heard. So you've heard. This is like the... I mean, I literally walked into work this morning, and I was probably at work 30 minutes, and somebody asked me, hey, you been to Popeye's yet? I'm like, <laughs> what? No, I haven't been to Popeye's in a long time. Yeah, a long time. And uh, like, no, it's the chicken sandwich. Like, that's the that's the thing. And I just, so then, obviously, I've seen it on Twitter today. I mean, is it like, what's the different about it than other chicken sandwiches, I guess? Yeah, well, everyone's saying it's different. So my wife and I, on Saturday, we went to a Popeye's. Oh, in Florida, where, this? in Florida, where we live, we went to intending to go get a sandwich. We wanted to try it. We heard all the hype about it. We went, we waited in line. It was on a weird corner. So we had to like drive around. We had to do two U- U-turns and pull into a parking lot and then turn around and all this weird stuff. So we, we made the effort, right? Went out yes. of our way to go there. Get in the drive through. There's no signs on the store anywhere. And so I'm like, what? They have this great sandwich and they wouldn't even have it. Maybe they just haven't put the signs up yet. So we wait through the drive-thru. We get to the drive-thru. Literally, <laughs> I open the window. Two people at the same time. Hi, this is Popeye's. Hi, this is Popeye's. Hi, this is Popeye's. Can I take your order? And we're like, I'm looking around. <laughs> what is happening? Two people are, are waiting on me. Am I going to get two things? And so then we try to order the sandwich. And they're like, oh, sorry. Our sandwich maker isn't working today. Sandwich maker? Like, hold on. Wait. <laughs> like, is there a machine back there that makes the chicken in the circles, right? Like to put it on a sandwich? Is there like a dude a that was supposed maker. to show up that was supposed to make the sandwiches that he's not there? Is the sandwich maker machine or a person? It's all right. Like that's what I need to know. Uh and so he's like, We'll have them we'll have it up probably next week. Uh but the one in you know, the one like thirty minutes away has the sandwiches. And I was like, Well, I'm not oh, going thirty okay. minutes. I'm not driving thirty minutes out of my way to get a sandwich. So we I just, held back from the sandwich. Have I not, just, but I've heard that the brioche bun is important. The crunch oh of the brioche bun. The pickles are bigger and better. Are you a pickles guy? No, no, I'm out on pickles. I love pickles. I it just has to it has to do a lot to take me away from Chick Fil A. Like I don't I try not to eat fast food very often, but when I do, I go to Chick Fil A for the most part, and it's just it's fries, the whole everything about it, and I just love all their food at Chick Fil A. So it's I think I think people have overcorrected on Twitter where now there's all this Chick Fil A hate. Just forget their politics and all that. But no, just, no, 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 no. Please do it, do it, do it. Spread the hate. I'm fine with it because but just quicker lines. I'm down. <laughs> the thing is, the people that go, a lot of the people that go to Chick Fil A aren't on Twitter all the time and listening to all these takes and aren't swayed by these takes because they don't see them, but. There, people are saying that oh, it's such a soggy, terrible sandwich. No, Chick Fil A sandwich is good. Like it, it is. I no, I had one it. instead of when Popeye said they didn't have a sandwich maker, or that the sandwich maker wasn't working, whether he or it was not there, the robot or the human. We went to Chick Fil A, <laughs> mac and cheese at Chick Fil A. I can't it, vouch for that. Did it's you eat? Good. Did you eat it? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, I like, I like it. Fair. 
All right, on the podcast today, we are not going to spend the whole time talking about sandwiches. This is not an anything but Mavs pod. This is a, a second Mavs Monday. It's a Mavs Monday abridged, or a, a second day, continued. Um, J.J. Barea signed a, a vet minimum contract. He fully expects to be cleared by training camp. Um, we'll discuss that in just one second. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the Mavs adding a third piece. So this is a conversation we've had in bits and pieces on different things, mailbags. Isaac talked about it with Sharks. But we also want to just discuss it in full. Over these next five years, yesterday we talked about when the Mavs title window could open. When these two young guys, 24-year-old Porzingis, 21-year-old Luka, 20-year-old Luka at this point, uh, when their title window could open. When are they going to hit that prime stage? I gave you a bunch of stats on finals MVPs. Uh, and in short, a finals MVP, basically 75% of them are or 27 years old or older. It's very rare that you get a, a, a finals MVP that's younger than 27. So over these next five years, neither Porzingis or Luca are going to hit 27. Uh, or Porzingis will hit at the very end. But so we, we're looking towards that. We're looking at when their window could potentially open and when they're going to hit that that peak. And so today we're going to talk about what's the third piece or maybe some, maybe a couple pieces, maybe what's a couple things they need to add over these next five years in order to get to that spot. Because everybody that had um, that got a Finals MVP before the age of 27, they had something special. They had a David Robinson. They had a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They had something like that. Somebody next to them, or a group of players that were that were special enough that it it earned them a you know a Finals berth, and then eventually they won the Finals. So let's talk about that in a second. But before we do that, thoughts on JJ Barea? He's back. He's the. I mean, he besides Boban, he's the vet on this team, man. Yeah, man. Obviously, the JJ news, uh, it had been, you know, people had talked about it for a while. So, everybody, even us on this podcast, uh, when projecting what this roster is going to look like, we've just been adding JJ Barea to that, even though it hadn't been official. Uh, even at the time of this podcast, we haven't gotten an official, official email, but Tim McMahon of ESPN reported it. Obviously, we've talked about this before. Do you think he reported the- it in that very, very cute jacket he was wearing today? What a great jacket Tim was! If you haven't seen Tim's jacket on the jump, please go to go to his Twitter or the Jump Twitter. I won't even describe jacket. it; just go look at it. It's great, uh, but yeah, Tim reported it, and uh, man, um, my um, Jalen, this is a guy who works for uh, the Mavericks and Mavs.com, he's been uh, taping this JJ Barea rehab comeback. Um, stuff and it's really good they tweeted out today or jj put it on his instagram today uh we can't understand enough how much the organization loves jj barea like he is just um everybody loves their loves him there from obviously the organization and basketball side all through the business side everybody and it's crazy you know i brought his name up to when mark cuban was on this pod uh friend of the podcast mark yeah. cuban locked on maps and when we had Cuban on back during the season, if you remember, if people remember that part, I asked him about JJ Barea getting his number retired, and uh, he kind of shot it down a little Very bit quickly. and said, uh, "Yes," and said they're looking at adding a Ring of Honor type thing. And uh, I'm still in the camp that I think JJ Barea should have his number retired at Dallas. Uh, and also, when you look at just not to go down the whole stat thing for JJ, but if he suits up this year and just plays a handful of games. Right now, he's he's tied seventh all time in franchise history with 608 career games with Devin Harris. Uh, just, 
11 games past that is Jason Terry, and then seven games after that is Michael Finley. So he plays roughly 20 games this season. He's moving into the top five all-time in games played in franchise history, and the four guys above him all have their number retired in Dirk, Brad Davis, Harper, and Roe Blackman. So that, And the only one that won a title was, was Dirk. Yeah, yeah. And Berea yeah. Has, was there with the title team. He's the last, obviously the last player from the title team that's still on the Mavericks. Uh, there's three players that are still in the NBA, kind of on the fringe of the NBA for one of them, but that were from the team. Uh, Tyson Chandler, Jan Mahimni, and Corey Brewer are still kind of hanging around. Those are the only guys left huh. on the title team. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Deshaun Stevenson, big three? Is he still in that? I don't know if he's in the big three. He was there. I saw pictures of him and Berea there. Either way, anyway. um, I think there is some debate on what role J.J. Bray might play on the team this season, and we'll get into that later on in the summer, closer to training camp. But just the presence of Berea on this team will be huge because we've Massive. talked about it before. This team is really lacking that like vet voice now. Dirk gone, even you know somebody you know with Wes Matthews gone, DeAndre Jordan gone, even somebody like Harrison Barnes, who's a big leader on this team, is gone. You're looking at JJ Barea, Dwight Powell, some of those guys taking on this leadership role. So uh, we love that JJ's back. How they figure him into the lineup with Brunson and Seth Curry and stuff off the bench, um, uh, that's a good problem to have. Absolutely good problem to have, and we're glad that JJ is back. Um, he's going to mean more off the court than on the court, even if he still will have. I mean, we we talked about it a lot last year. He arguably had his best season of his career last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people forget about that. You know, when he went down, he was having an incredible year. Uh, this late in his career, obviously people, you know, throw out there all this, all this small garden in his 30s and you know, all this stuff. Well, that I mean, you look at where he was at last year, he kind of debunked that for a little bit. I mean, for the most part of the season he was having, I mean, if you ask when he was healthy last year, if you ask other playoff title contending teams if they could have JJ Barea running their second unit off the bench, they would kill to have JJ. So, um, I'm super happy JJ's back, not just for a basketball sense, but for the team sense too. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's get into our conversation. The third piece that the Mavericks need to add over the next five years to win the finals. All right, Isaac. So. Let's talk about this this third piece. So, um, let's just talk about positionally. We've we've batted this around a little bit, but what do you think kind of a position the Mavericks need? What are some maybe some weaknesses that you see between Luca and Porzingis? And we're talking about over the next five years. So, a lot of these guys that are on the roster right now, your Delon Wrights, your Seth Curry's, your um, you know, a lot of those guys eventually their contract is going to go out. Nobody's on a, a longer deal than than Porzingis, and then Doncic will be on his rookie deal forever. So. Well, I think it's really key to uh, to distinguish how good that third piece needs to be. And when you look at these past title teams and you look at the Golden State teams, obviously Golden State's an outlier. They had just had those loaded guys. But you look at Cleveland, you know, you had your big three for the most part in, in LeBron, Love, and Kyrie. You keep on going back to Miami having, you know, Bosh. And you, I mean, even back to Boston, those guys. And, I mean, you could just – you just find those type of teams and saying, well, what is that third piece? Because you look at it and say, hey, well, you guys have been hyping up DeLon Wright or Seth Curry or, you know, some of these other guys they could probably get. That's going to, like, by default be your third piece? Yeah, it's called talking ourselves into it, guys. <laughs> yes. But but still, we think they're going to be really good players. Yeah. And ideally, relative, in a per- relative to what we expect. Let's put that Yes. Way. In a perfect world, 
somebody like DeLon Wright turns into your like Mega Rondo or somebody somebody on this team comes out and does distinguish themselves as a high caliber you know really good third option so when we ask ourselves hey what is um what is the third option on this team sorry my phone is just going nuts right now um actually scared me for a sec but (laughs) sorry um i ignore the first like five and then it just kept going but what is the third piece who is the third piece that is a near like all-star type of level and that's the question you have to have and do you want can we go down like what kind of the options yeah go ahead the option the options like what it could it be like a secondary playmaker like a point guard type of spot that is you know in the backcourt with Luca, not necessarily defense stuff, but just another playmaking guard that can help run the show with Luca. Is it a lockdown wing that can take on the best defensive matchups against the best wings in the league? Is it a Draymond Green type that's kind of this like tweener that can play the four and the five with KP? Or is it another center to where you make KP, you bring in a really good center that holds down that five spot and you make KP like the full-time four? Some people might have that opinion. So I think it's one of those four options. It's just interesting to see where fans might land on that. And we've talked about it. We asked Sharks about it. And I think when you start putting names to these positions, that's when it starts getting even more tricky. Yeah, it gets harder because a lot of these these players are just so unique. It's hard to find that one player where you, you build the position first, and then you're like, okay, now I have to find a player that fits that mold. <laughs> it's hard to yeah. do that. Um, a Sean Marion type, I feel like, is what this team really needs. They need a guy lo- like that, uh, a guy that can just switch every little thing. Uh, the... That you remember that online comic that that SB Nation did about um, the yeah. Mavericks versus Spurs series? I can't remember. Exactly. That was great. What yeah, year was that? Was twenty fourteen? The one where yeah, Vince, yeah. the one where Vince Carter hit the shot. Yeah, Vince Carter shot, Dewan Blair kick, all that stuff. And uh, but he, they they talked about Sean Marion's defense, and they showed some specific plays where he's just he knows where to be at all times. Draymond Green does this really well too, but he knows where to be at all times. He can cover up all these different lapses on the court. And I think I really feel like it needs to be a player like that and a defensive point guard. Those are the two things. And one of them can be close to star level more than the other, but they have to get those two positions, I feel like. So I kind of lean into that they need a third and fourth piece that maybe aren't like all star level players, but they need to be those type of players. They need to, they need to, a, a point guard that can, a secondary playmaker that can also create and defend. And then they need the versatile wing defender that can cover up all like a bunch of the lapses yeah i mean when i first threw out this question uh, back a few weeks ago you know i naturally i'm i'm I'll always stand for draymond i just i've been a big draymond fan ever since he came into the league yeah. i like what he brings to the basketball court and uh just his personality and his talent but I think a, a Draymond type. Okay, if okay, if we just do process elimination, I don't think it's the center. Okay, I yeah, do I not agree. think that it should be a Rudy Gobert. Let's just start putting it, a Rudy Gobert type of center. If you're looking at, hey, Gobert can be a free agent in a couple of seasons. If he hits the market, maybe we go after him at KP. I don't think that's the route. So let's just throw that one out. So now you're looking at a Sean Marion, Draymond Green type. Then you or a possibility like a wing type. Okay, a, a name Charks throughout, and I love I love him. But Jalen Brown, if yeah, with Jalen Jalen Brown hits restricted free agency next year, uh, coming out of you know in Boston and stuff, we don't know what they're going to do. They're probably going to pay him, I guess. Uh, the thing about them is they also have Tatum, 
that they have to yeah. to figure out too. Um, Gordon, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward that's is still under contract on the on their books for another year with a, a player option. Um, so it, I mean, and then they'll want to add talent. They have Kemba on that on that huge deal too. So they, uh, I don't know if they're going to want to pay all those guys everything. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious on a team like Atlanta with Jalen Brown. Atlanta's going to have a ton of money. Yeah, and you know, with Boston, I mean. If you have money this offseason, you should test Boston with it because Boston has Marcus Smart too. And, you know, Marcus Smart's going to get minutes at the two also. Mm-hmm. So what what's the price tag? Now, you, you say, okay, Dallas doesn't have money this coming summer. Yeah, but what if something crazy happens and they make some deadline deal like they did last year somehow and they create big-time money this summer, heading into the summer? You're like, oh, here we go again. They did it again. And they offload Tim Hardaway and something else for, you know, and create cap space. Would Jalen Brown fit Luka and KP? I think it'd be perfect because then Jalen Brown becomes your wing tandem alongside Luka. He doesn't necessarily become your like playmaker guy, but then he, he takes on your defensive matchups against the other guys. You then have your young big three in KP, Luca, and Jalen Brown, and you head into free agency. And at that point, I think you can get away with trying to look at – because point guard's the deepest spot in the league. So you're going to have vets hitting the market next summer like a Drogic. What, you don't think point guard's the deepest spot? I don't know if it's the deepest spot. I think there are a lot of high-level good ones. Really? Kind of, I think, it, I think I, point I think, guard's the deepest spot by far. I think it really falls off a cliff after like the top guys. Okay, who, what's the deepest spot then? I don't know. Small forward? I mean, but... but wing. Yeah, but maybe your wing guys, but then everyone wants a wing. I, I think it might... I, honestly, I think it might be center. It feels like everyone has a center. Okay. It's hard to find a team that doesn't have a center. There's a lot of... Yeah, but I think a lot of centers suck, though. <laughs> they do have them still. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just think anyway. when you when you go across the league and you just look at the West and Steph Curry, Jamal, Jamal Murray, Dame, Houston, whoever you want to say is a point guard, Mike Conley, Mitchell. I mean, even if you want to say OKC and SGA. Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, the Clipper. Yeah, Chris Paul. Yeah, of course. Um Clippers, wherever you think, Pat, Barrett, but then like De'Aaron Fox. Um, but yeah, I, but yeah. So anyway, you go into next summer. If you can somehow find your third piece on the wing, I think you can always find somebody like a Goran Dragic that could hit the market and say, Hey, I'll take a pay cut to come in there to Dallas and be that secondary playmaker alongside Luca. But I mean, what do you, th- do you, do you still lean at the, playmaker as the top spot is it easier to find the defensive guy no <laughs> it's it's okay. not it's yeah. hard to come up with guys like that uh, i had to go back to sean marion to, to think of a guy uh draymond green is one for sure i think jalen brown does kind of fit that brandon clark is a guy that just came out in the draft we felt like could have fit that potentially uh, but like even if you look at the free agents this summer like the best one i could come up with with free agents this summer is uh, pj tucker he's not really even a, a true free agent a guy yeah. like that. That's a that's a position that the the league just doesn't have a lot of. Uh, you can call him a three and D type guy, but I really just want a super good defensive guy that can kind of do some things on offense. Now, now Marion was was pretty good on offense. You can't really say he was like, oh, he was some offense, but because I could see the argument being made of not in the same sense with these guys, and I'm just going to stretch this a little bit because I'm going to use kind of a recent team to give a different or just to add perspective to it of saying, Hey, can you find your, 
is it easier to find your Bruce Bowen than it is to find like a Tony Parker? So if you look at it and yeah. say, okay, what if in a, in a way like Duncan is your KP, you know, the end of game lineups and like Ginobili's like Kent, your, your Luca. And then your third piece is a Tony Parker when really Tony Parker's like your second piece, but you just roll with it. Yeah. And you have those two playmakers in the backcourt and Ginobili and Parker, but then the other spots, they just had a fill in center and then they had Bruce Bowen. Yeah, you're Nazi so Muhammad, you're Fariseo Oberto type guys. Yeah, and then over time, Tiago it Spooner. went from Bruce Bowen to a Danny Green and or a George Hill type. You know, I know he's more of a point guard. And then obviously they made the trade for Kawhi, and Kawhi turned into something that you know was just crazy. But I think that's a type of situation saying, okay, well we had two primary ball handlers or playmakers at the end of the game, and Manu and Tony Parker it might be easier to go out and find our Bruce Bowen and whoever else while you have KP as your Duncan inside, or you can go vice versa with it too. So I, it just shows there's plenty of ways to build rosters and build these title contending rosters, but I'm, you might not be able to be picky about it. You know, like you might, you might, you might want a playmaker point guard, but then a wing falls in your lap or it could be vice versa. Yeah. You kind of, I mean, you have to take the talent that comes to you, right? <laughs> what about yeah. a uh, like an Aaron Gordon as your yeah. de- defender type, wing type guy? That's where you hope he can be your Draymond, you know, on defense, and you hope that his outside shot can stay consistent enough, or what he brings in the intangibles or the other areas of a game of his game, like Draymond, makes up for the lack of the consistent outside shot. So uh, we just got to see what Aaron Gordon looks like on a good team if that ever happens. They made the playoffs this year. Yeah, well, I've seen some people throw Orlando out there as like a potential four or five seed. That was the that was the ESPN there. RPM thing. They they just look at their numbers and shake it through, run it through a uh, like their their what what do you call it? Their system. Sure. They're, they run it through their system or whatever. And it comes out with this is what we project to be their amount of wins. I was like, eh, I don't I don't put a lot of stock in that. Okay. Well, I don't either. At all. People were like, oh, I can't believe the disrespect. Like this is these are just numbers, guys. These are not like opinions. <laughs> can't I be think, mad at that. I think whatever what we're all counting down to and what a lot of people is, is the two thousand twenty one free agent class. And what that looks like, is that your window? Is that if we talked about it on yes I guess it was yesterday's pod when mm-hmm. the title window and how kind of going into next season, looking at our trade assets, looking at our roster right now and money and just everything and what our cap situation looks like next summer. It looks like, you know, this is gonna be kind of a two two year window right now and then all leading up to that two thousand twenty one free agency to where a lot of people's throwing out Giannis but man, there is a ton of other people yeah, let's, in that free agent club. Let's take another break and when we come back, let's get to some of those names maybe and then go through the Mavericks cap situation over the next couple of years and talk about when they could potentially add somebody like that. All right, Isaac. So before we talked about when the Mavericks could potentially add uh, a free agent and when would be the best time to add because you kind of you want to, to save your, your assets for the right exact time. Uh, and a lot of it is going to be just looking over the next two years. Uh, this next year, Luca's going to be 21. Porzingis is going to be 24. The year after that, Luca's going to be 22. Porzingis is going to be 25. They're not necessarily Porzingis is heading into his prime at that point. Luca's not even in his prime at that point. And so, uh, is it the best time to just go ahead and try to get one of these guys as soon as you can, or to maybe yes. play the longer game? But 
the the Mavs cap situation. Their salary for twenty twenty is one hundred eight million. Well, I just want let me add okay. this real quick. They went they went after Kemba Walker, so that shows yeah, they, you yeah, right it. now that they they will take it at any point and as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah keep going. Whenever and then he would have been on for four years. So you have you at that point four years to try and get to that get Luke and Porzingis to that point. Yeah. Uh, this this next upcoming summer they're projected to have about fifteen million in cap. So I don't think you're adding that third piece just yet. Um. In twenty one, this the summer of twenty one, you'll have uh eighty two million dollars in salaries. So you could potentially have a max deal. We don't know what the salary cap is gonna be, how much it's gonna go up, or if it's gonna go up a lot. But here's some of the names that are available in the twenty twenty one class. So Giannis, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George are both there because they signed two year deals with with player options in that fourth year. Uh I guess LeBron, Blake Griffin. Mike Conley, this is via early bird rights. So some of these guys are, are player options. Some of these guys are, are unrestricted, things like that. Otto Porter, Andre Drummond, Nick Batum, Rudy Gobert. That's when your your Rudy Gobert has scenario. Drew Holiday is a really good one that could be there for the Mavericks. That would um, be, what, 33 at that time? Drew Holiday? What? No, no, he'll be 30. No, he'll he's, be 31. he's 28 right now. Yeah, he'll be 31 at that time. I just did a video about him on Free Dawkins. You can click the link in the description to watch the video that I broke down Drew Holiday. Let's go. So those are, those are some of like the top-end guys that are out there. Yeah, and even after that, I mean, you're looking at guys like, well, I think you said Drummond, but like if Beal doesn't sign his extension, you're yeah. looking at LaMarcus Aldridge, Steven Adams. Um, you're assuming Victor Oladipo will probably get locked up in Indiana at that point. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, that's a huge one. <laughs> for the, that's huge um, for the Mavericks. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's so many. And when you look at that, you look at these guys. I, obviously, you look at the top of the list and you say, you know, could they get a Giannis, Kawhi, or something like that? I think Giannis is the – man, Giannis is the name that everybody's talking about. We'll just leave that alone for now. But, like, looking past that, you're looking at some vets right there that could look at Dallas in two years that could still be really good, not technically in their like prom prom, maybe. Like you're looking at Mike Conley, who's gonna be thirty three at that time. You're looking at Drew Holiday, who's gonna be thirty one. Still, you know, really pretty good. But like what you know, could they take a little bit of discount? Could they look at Dallas at that point and say, All right, we'll come on and sign for, you know, three years, something like that. And we'll come on and be, you know, be that vet good vet alongside Luca and KP. And the, so, the progress I, over the next two years is important. Uh, if you look at Boston, where Kemba went and signed, he saw that, that that team, without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think that that showed a lot of of how good those two guys can be in Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart and all the other guys that they have. But it showed a lot. And so then he's like, oh, this is a winning situation. Obviously, it's the East. That was very appealing. We talk about this all the time. But the Mavericks have to do something like that. They have to prove to these guys over the next two years, probably, uh, for that 2021 class, that they can be that. And honestly, the at the, at the top of the list, they're proving to Giannis, right, that they can potentially be yeah. that. And maybe he'll consider the Mavericks, which would just be – I mean, he would cover so many things. Oh, I mean, it, it, I mean, it literally would be the perfect fit and just all the way around. You need but. one more – you need a, a Patrick Beverly type guard, defender, shooter, and then you need another like like lights out shooter on the perimeter, and that's your five. I mean, that, people you, would be just, begging to come at that point, so yeah. they'll be vets would be lining up to sign. Uh, maybe we can dedicate a whole pod to Giannis to Dallas at some point. Uh, but how about like a whole yeah. year? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Um, I mean, we talked about Blake Griffin and stuff before. He'll be 32 at that time. I know he's he's still in, you know injuries seem like they get him every year. But like Blake he, Griffin at his peak would fit great with his team right now. Yeah, but he does not cover a lot of the things the Mavericks would need. He's just I guess you're kind of your no, secondary but, creator, but yeah, but he would be a secondary playmaker at the like four spot that you can play him and KP together and. Um, yeah, him at his like him when he's really healthy, like October to January, Blake Griffin with this Mavericks <laughs> team would be good. <laughs> I could see that, but de- uh, defensively, but, I just don't think he does what this team really needs. Yes, yes, I get that. Um, you brought up a good point, saying they need to prove some of these next few years. I thought Charks brought some good on Friday, even though I don't agree with him fully. I want to push it a little bit more. He's you know in his mind. A 500 season should be the the Mavericks like success measuring stick. He's like 41 and 41 should be the he's if it if they get to 41 41 500 season that's like a good stepping stone a good step up and some you know this year next year they squeak into the playoffs and they get put out in first round good that shows you know you're good you're set that that they're making progress. I'll be I mean I'm. Not, I'll be happy if they're 500 and be like, yay, I want more. Obviously I want them to, I think that the duo could be that special to where they could squeak into the playoffs there. Um, so yeah, even what do you, would you think the fan base would accept it as a success if they're 41 and 41? It's hard to say in the context of it. The context of a season is so important. Because if they're forty-one and forty-one and there, ninth, there's a narrative that you can that that you can create that could happen. Like there's a scenario where they're forty-one, they win forty-one games, and fans are like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I can't believe they did that." If there's a ton of injuries, if there's you know yeah. a bunch of bad things that happen, if like Luca goes down for a, a stretch, if Porzingis goes down for a stretch, then there's a scenario where they win forty-one games and fans are disappointed, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, there's there's a scenario in both ways, but I feel like. Fans would be disappointed, and like it overall, if I look at all the scenarios, if I do the Doctor Strange, if I put my fingers up and look at all fourteen million scenarios, there is not one where there would be, you know, upset. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. And forty-one wins, I think, would be a little disappointing. It won't be to me. I'm with Sharks. I think that the West is just so hard right now. There's so many good teams, and the this is a a bad time to try, try to have a prove it moment in the league because there's so many teams that are good right now. You, yeah. you don't have the talent bunched up where instead of playing the warriors where that's maybe four losses a year, maybe you sneak one in there. Now you're playing like three different teams that have stars that could yeah. be good. <laughs> I just, in my mind, I want second year Luca plus the addition of Porzingis to equal more than seven wins and more than like seven more wins than last year. And, or eight, I guess. It's I would, eight. I would hope so too. So I'm want, I'm wanting forty, at least forty three, uh, forty five would be amazing. But I, I'm wanting forty three is like my mark of I want at least 43. ten games better. Yes. Yeah, and you would think so because they lost DeAndre and Harrison. Well, anyway, <laughs> we don't have to go through what they lost, <laughs> what they got, but. Uh, you'd hope that Porzingis would be that good to help them get to that point. So there you go. Tweet us. Let us know what you think about. The Mavericks in their third piece um, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris, at Lockdown Mavs. Let us know what you think about the third piece. Also, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, which a lot of you listening are subscribed, we got to we got a little peek at the numbers today, and a lot of you are subscribed to us. But if you're not, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, 
you know, the great Himalaya app. If you're following us on Himalaya, you can comment on podcasts, which I actually find kind of cool and I read them sometimes. So there you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.